This is Brian Steele, Preacher Boy, and I say you better visit without your head. <laughs> Welcome to the station of decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil. I'm Treacherous Trista. And this is our first guest on Behind the Monsters Month. He's a contortionist, the monster <laughs> actor. He's uh, He's got talent. He's uh, from anything for Jacks at Hellboy, Black Box, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, which is a long title, and lots of other cool things. Twisty Troy James. It's very cool to have you here. Hi there. Hello. Pleasure I should have brought up here. Channel Zero as well since you have the shirt. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So really, like... Uh, first of all, like friends. when did you when did you realize this was like a talent of yours? Mm-hmm. Since I was very young, actually, I, I was born flexible. Um, it was just something I was always able to do. I uh, never thought I would turn into something like this. Uh, I was actually it wasn't good when I was young. People made fun of me for it, so I was actually pretty embarrassed and kept it to myself. That's too bad. That's okay. Look at me now, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Where are they? Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're not in Hellboy. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, actually, maybe they are. I don't know. But did um, mm. so when when did you you said at the time you know you tried to hide it and stuff. When did you start to like realize this is something that yes. maybe I could use for my benefit? Um. Okay. Well, when I was young, I essentially used it just to torment my poor sister, my younger sister. But it wasn't until high school when we had to do a kind of icebreaker, get to know you, get to meet your other classmates. We put on this sort of um, miscellaneous talent show. You can kind of come up, say your name, and show something that you're good at just to break the ice. And I was like, hello, my name is Troy, and splat. <laughs> just collapsed on the floor. And it, it was pretty well received. People actually liked it for once. So I thought, oh, okay. I guess this is kind of a talent after all, instead of a weird abnormality. I like it. So uh, did you said tormenting your sister uh, with it. Uh, did <laughs> did she, does she share the contortionism? Can, can she do the same things? Or? Um, nope. I'm the only one in my family who is as flexible as I am. Weird genetic defect, I guess. I think it's a weird talent. I wouldn't say a defect. Yeah. What, what, you. what did your parents think? It's fun. Oh, geez. Um, my grandmother didn't like it at all. She was worried I was going... I was also hyperactive as a child, so I was always bouncing off the walls and jumping off of things, but doing it upside down, which would be terrifying for anybody. <laughs> my grandmother frequently looked after me when I was younger. And she was worried I was going to break my bones and then you know, child services would be called. <laughs> she was like, she begged my mother and me, please stop doing cartwheels. You're going to hurt yourself. And one day I did. So she was right. Um, but no, it's just something I was always doing for fun. Yeah. Uh, Tristan, do you have a question about the early days before we get into the movies? Yeah, I'd love to know. I think that you were on either America's Got Talent or Australia's Got Talent or both. And I'd love to know about your experience. Yeah. Oh, geez. Um, Particularly nerve-wracking because I was not someone who liked to be in the spotlight. I was not in drama club. I was not... (laughs) I I worked in human resources, very quiet, very boring job, nothing, like, no spotlight at all. So all of a sudden, I was just skyrocketed to performing in front of thousands of people. Um, I didn't know how big the Got Talent franchise was and the audience that it commanded, and all of a sudden... It was just 
go do the thing in front of all those people. And it was, it was very frightening, but surprisingly they liked it and it got easier because you feed off the energy of the crowd. And if they're scared, I'm happy. <laughs> and yeah, it was a pretty good experience overall. Along those lines, because you brought up a few times about, you know, uh, not liking to perform in front of people. Um, when you did start to do the movies, did it make it easier that you play like uh, a lot of creatures and you make up? Yes, that was the best part of it. I got to put on a mask. I got to put on a suit. And then I wasn't Troy anymore. I was just this big, scary monster who was kind of anonymous behind it. And that was perfect for me. Of course, now going into the future, I'm looking to do more morals, more, more than just creature stuff. But creature is my first love. But there's always room to grow and expand. Yeah, definitely. So how did, from uh, America's Got Talent, did that lead to the movies? Um, it all kind of happened all at once, so to speak. It was a, a viral sensation, if you can believe that. I Long, long ago, well, three years ago, uh, I showed my, my friend put the camera on and said, hey, show me something cool. And I just kind of flailed around for 30 seconds or so. And he sent it to me. I didn't think much of it. I've been doing it all my life. But he posted it to Instagram and it exploded. People saw it. People shared it. People were saying, who is that guy? And all of a sudden, my phone started buzzing off the hook. Uh, I got invited to New York for the first time into Los Angeles. And then the movie roles followed from there. Uh, America's Got Talent. It all just, it was pretty overwhelming. <laughs> That's pretty wild. So uh, when they bring you in to like, uh, if they want you for movies, so like, um, do you have to audition? Like, how does it's that work out? Really strange, but it turns out that that uh, that viral clip and going on my America's Got Talent reel, those are kind of turned into my auditions. People see that and they say, "Yes, that is exactly what I want for my creature. Get him." And then, poof. <laughs> Were you in, were you a movie fan before uh, you started to get involved in them? Um, not as much. Now I, feel, now I feel like I am more because I have to do homework. I have to, people talk about other monsters and I feel like I got to be in the know and research my other, <laughs> get to know my horror movie monsters um, to help me be a better creature actor. Um, but I, I always feel a bit shy when I talk to other people who really love horror movies and I oftentimes can't keep up because I haven't seen everything that they have seen. Yeah. Well, that's, that's fine. That must be fun, though, to watch a lot of them for the first time. Um, yeah. Like, maybe old not. Because I really, I see why <laughs> the horror genre, I see why people go nuts for it. Uh, I love, I especially love practical effects. The old movies just do it. They, that's all they had. So they, they have to do it. And I really appreciate, I really appreciate those horror movies. Yeah. Do you have any, uh, do you, any stand out to you? That, like, are your personal favorites that you've watched? Well, when I was young, here's a Candyman, especially traumatized me as a child because um, I, I forgot how old I was. I must have been maybe six or seven. My aunt's house, and everyone was watching it. And my parents said, Oh, no. And of course, I, I had to leave. But me being a rebel, I came downstairs at two o'clock in the morning and watched Candyman all by myself in the dark, but just led the TV. 
And I very quickly realized that my parents were right and it was not a movie for children. <laughs> but I couldn't turn it off because the TV was the only source of light in the room. And I watched it all the way to the end to where the VHS had the static at the end and I was just paralyzed in fear. I remember turning off the TV and racing up to my bedroom, just traumatized. And the next morning, everybody knew that I had watched Candyman because I was just frozen in fear. And yeah, serves me right, right? <laughs> I assume you've never tried saying Candyman three times in the mirror. <laughs> Not until many, many, many years. All right. I still haven't done that myself. So. You're still here, so, so, so everything turned out okay, I guess. Uh, Tris, you have mm-hmm. another question? Have you sustained a lot of injuries um, while contorting? This one was sent in from your grandma. Not so much. <laughs> um, only one, really. Uh, b- because I'm, I was born flexible, so I was self-taught, I've always just kind of thrown myself into positions that were easy for me because I could do them. But contortion, like any other art, like any other circus art or dance or craft, you have to practice. Most people practice for months and months to uh, get better at it. And you have there's a certain technique to follow. And I didn't know it because... I wasn't professionally trained. So one day I saw someone doing something and I said, I want to try that. It was a chest stand and I threw my legs over my head and landed on the floor and it was fine at the time. But the next day my hurt and I thought, oh, what is this? Never felt pain here before. What is back pain? I don't like this at all. Um, It all worked out, but I realized very quickly, especially talking to other friends that no, you don't just throw yourself into that without warming up. You, <laughs> there are steps to follow. There are, there's proper ways, proper techniques. You got to train for it. So I've learned my lesson. Mm-hmm. Uh, some of you just brought up there, maybe think of something. Uh, some people might overlook like the creativity of doing this. Uh, you know, obviously it's talented. Mm-hmm. You can do all these different things, but uh, thinking of different ways of like how you're going to move and what position you're going to be in. And so, like, uh, for the movies themselves, do do they have specific, like, ideas? Like, this is exactly how I want the monster or the creature to look? Or is is a lot of that left up to, to you and how, how you think you it should look and move? Mm. Okay, funny story. I think I can answer that with an anecdote. Uh, one of my earlier projects was Shadowhunters, the Mortal Instruments, the television show. And I played a demon, and they essentially had the screen written up as um, – when we say action, a little trap door is going to open up and you are going to, you know, move to the main actress and attack her. And so I did it the way they wanted and it was great and we reset. But to reset, for fun, I did it upside down and backwards and went back to my starting position. And then everything went quiet and I thought, oh no, I messed up. No horseplay on set. They're all mad at me now. <laughs> but it turns out they were impressed. They said, what the heck was that? Um, okay, Uh we want you to go from point A to point B. Like you can take it away, do whatever you like, because we can't direct that. That was amazing. And a lot of times I get to play with my own movement and it works out just because it's hard to describe it. You just do it, right? Try to direct, put your elbow here and then twist your head. But when you do it, it's just so strange to look at. And a lot of people came in to watch it. It was a really exciting moment of the project. When you see yourself uh, in like makeup or costume, does that uh, does that give you a different idea of like how you're going to play this? Because like then you can actually envision yourself as the creature playing. Mm-hmm. Um, definitely, being a creature and getting all suited up 
definitely helps because I stop seeing myself as me and more as the monster. So it becomes, how would this monster behave? How does it act? Is it a slow, creepy monster? Is it vicious, very fast, trying to get to its meal as quickly as possible? Does it skulk around, hide in the shadows, try to grab their victim unawares? It helps. Yeah. Do you, do you think of like a backstory sometimes for the, the things you're playing? If there isn't one provided? Um, most of the time they have their own backstory. And if they don't, I do get to play with it, but it depends on how much screen time they get, right? There's not enough time to fill a whole novel when you have a scene that's only a few minutes and vice versa. Uh, Pretzel Jack was particularly fun because it was a series and over the episodes, we had time to flesh out his personality. Uh, I'm a big fan of Channel Zero. Uh, did did you uh, ever read any of the creepy creepypastas <laughs> that the, that the stories are based on? I did. I did. I have a couple favorite. Um, I really wished that the Russian sleep experiment got picked up for <laughs> Channel Zero or for any creepypasta adaptation. It, it might. I keep hearing. I keep hearing whispers that it's coming. Someone's doing it, but haven't seen anything yet. Um, I liked the left-right game. That one was one that reading it just kind of threw me for a loop. Um, Nick and Tosca is the writer for, one of the writers for Channel Zero. And he has so many ideas that come from creepypastas. And just talking with him, I wish, I wish we had more, more seasons of Channel Zero to explore some of these because there are some really great ones out there. Yeah, and I, I feel it's a really underappreciated uh, Channel Zero. <clears throat> People out there have never watched it. I definitely uh, recommend going back and watching them all. And um, <laughs> unlike a lot of series, which are never ending, you know, just like you have to watch every every season. Uh, it's sort of like American Horror Story, where each season is yeah. its own story arc. So you don't have to devote Uncontained. 40 hours of, uh, yeah. of your time. <laughs> uh, Tristy, you have another question? I'm curious about the um, warm-ups and or cooldowns that you do uh, before and after. <laughs> See, this is where I'm bad for things. Uh, again, going back to the being self-taught and just being able to do things. Um, I know that you're supposed to warm up and stretch. And when you do, it's great for longevity. It's great for your, your body health. But a lot of the time, I'm just like, okay, here we go. Doing contortions. And then... <laughs> <laughs> hopefully as i get older it doesn't bite me <laughs> in, the, in the back but um i don't warm up and cool down as much as i should i'm getting better i'm taking classes i'm doing um contortion slash yoga classes that kind of help but i'm still relatively new to the proper way to do things interesting yeah no, I've never done yoga. Seems like that comes up a lot on the show lately, yoga. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. Thought I'd put that <laughs> I'm new I, to it. Uh. <laughs> has your grandmother or your sister and your family member watched the, any of your movies or TV shows? Um, they have. My mother uh, watches what I do. I have an aunt who's my biggest fan. <laughs> my aunt oh, Paulette. Yeah. She... Loves everything that I do. Um, my poor mother, though, she asks me sometimes, when are you going to do things that aren't evil monsters killing people? <laughs> because she doesn't like to see violence like that. And a lot of times I do end up dying because I'm the monster. So right. she, she, I think she wishes that I would do something less abhorrent. Yeah. I was just thinking, I guess there's not uh, a lot of movies that have like friendly uh, no, twisting monsters, but there, but there should be. 
Someone should out there listening you should write one. But you said you were gonna uh, <laughs> you'd like to play, you know, some non-creature stuff. Uh, so when was that? When did that decision come about? And like, well, why is that something you'd like to pursue? Um, I just think it opens up to so much more because so far I've been doing all the creature work. Um, the creatures themselves either either silent or they don't speak English or I get dubbed over because I'm playing a witch, a female witch. Um, being able to be an actor who then transforms into a creature opens up so much, right? Uh, like think of the metamorphosis, think of um, um, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, that sort of thing. I think it would just add more to my skill set if I were a regular human for once, even though it's a terrifying prospect. <laughs> like being a monster, easy. Being an actor who has to like drink a glass of water and ask, how was your day? How do people do this? <laughs> oh, it's so hard. <laughs> I like that though, that you want to watch, you know, go out of your comfort zone. Speaking of playing a witch, as an old school, I'm an old school Dungeons and Dragons uh, fan. Used to play when I was a little kid, up into my like twenties. Yeah, uh, your version of Babiaga, I think, is the best one. And he even had a, a dancing <laughs> hut with the with the chicken legs. Exactly how he's in D and D. But I yeah, oh, I like that scene <laughs> to play a female uh, to play a female character. That was an interesting one because I remember they put the prosthetic on and <laughs> she had like these really, they were made of the prosthetic, they applied instead of silicone and she had these really heavy, saggy silicone grandmother boobs that I was just walking around with and eventually someone gave me a rope because, you know, I felt like I had to cover her up. They were, they were nasty. She was a gross gross witch um but it was fun and because she was just this mean old russian witch and i was wearing the fake teeth i couldn't speak like a normal person everything sounded like i'm going to be so and so when you watch it you just see that she's she's just ridiculous in the best way i really liked playing baba yaga she was she was fun I saw it in the theater. I was, uh, it's another movie I think is underappreciated. I, I thought the new Hellboy was great. And uh, Baba Yaga, perfect. <laughs> the whole movie is uh, for an old school D&D kid. Uh, giants, everything worked for me. Yeah. Uh, awesome. I'm glad you liked it. I do. I love it. Uh, Trista, you have another question? I'm wondering if there's a large contortionist community. Uh, last year, I dabbled in circus for a bit. I traveled to China and to France, and I got to perform at circus festivals, along with many other circus artists. Contortion seems to be niche, in an already niche area of circus. Like You'll find many jugglers, many acrobats, um, trapeze artists abound. Um, there, at least where I am, there aren't too many contortionists uh, in Toronto, Canada. Um, I performed a lot with my duo partner uh, last year as Holdemoser, and they're much more circus-inclined than I am. They have been practicing. They're amazing. And I'm just kind of taking my baby steps into contortion as like a career as opposed to just something I do for fun and maybe when I drink too many glasses of wine. <laughs> um, but not, not so much. And, and even contortion itself, like what I do is a little 
different because my contortion is very dynamic. It's very mobile. I'm crawling and moving and jumping everywhere. Whereas a lot of the other contortion acts I see, there is a nice table and then you find a contortionist who bends into many shapes and does handstands and it's very static, which is just a different form of art. So I think maybe that's also why uh, the contortion that I do just blew up like it did because you don't see very many people upside down and traveling as fast as I do. Um, but uh, there's Mongolian contortion, which is very slow and very, very pretty to look at. You have uh, these Mongolian contortionists who stack onto each other like a pyramid and they can do things I couldn't dream of doing. Maybe one day, but not today. Uh, it's probably a silly question, but are you a uh, wrestling fan? Because uh, there's a wrestler, the fiend, Bray Wyatt, who does the, the upside down walk yes. like a crab. Yeah. Not nearly as fast as you, but... Uh, People have compared me to Bray Wyatt. Oh, really? Awesome. I watched it. He does move a little slower, but... Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's a much he's, bigger he gets, man as well. Yeah. So, yeah. Yes, yes. Very muscular. I imagine <laughs> I would be slower, too, if I had that much muscle. Yeah. It's a cool character. And, and it is connected to uh, wrestling, because, uh, um, I mean, to horror movies, because uh, Tom Savini actually designed the mask that he wears as the Fiend. Trivia for people out there. So uh, if you had to pick like a few, like two or three of the the things you played um, to like showcase to someone, like this is what, this is like what I do. Like, what would you pick? Not mess, maybe not your favorites, but the the ones that either mean something to you or you'd show off. So two, one or two monsters that I've played to show people what I do. Hmm. I guess one of them would have to be Jangly Man because his whole <laughs> modus operandi is terrifying, creepy crawling upside down. His limbs fall apart and come back together. So anyone who wants to say like, hey, um, I'm a monster. This is what I do. That guy right there, Jangly Man, he's that. Plus he has a cool Funko Pop, which is neat. I've never been a Funko Pop before. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> uh, and then I guess one that would be more normal. Hmm. Uh, well, unless they're afraid of clowns, because I would say my second one would be Pretzel Jack, only because he's he's nice. He's not an evil monster. He's like he at the beginning you think he's terrible, he's frightening. He just appears and slaughters someone. But as you watch the series, you figure out that he's kind of got a heart of gold. And he just wants to protect his best friend Jillian, and a lot of people like him for that because he's not evil, but he's still very much a creature. Interesting. I like that as well. The um, when you mentioned Jangly Man and being the 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 pop figure, uh, do you, do you have it? Did you did you buy one, or did they send you one? Uh, I moved and I cannot find it for oh, the life of me. But my friend made a custom Funko Pop, and I, I should I should get it and show you. Here back. <laughs> All right. Yeah. This is exciting. I'm excited. I'm excited as well. He's so charming, isn't he? Yeah, he's very sweet. <laughs> so I got two. The my a good friend of mine, the Monster Maiden, has made Jangly Man and Baba Yaga. Uh-oh. Now they live together on my bookshelf. Oh, <laughs> 
I love them. Those are amazing. Yeah. They're nothing against Funko Pop, but these are. I know. I love them. They're so well Those are awesome. Wow. What a talented friend you have. I'm I'm very lucky. Those are sweet. Uh, They're does, beautiful. Does he have a like a website or anything? With a, like I don't know if he sells that kind of stuff. Yeah, she's um, she's the monster maiden on Instagram, and if you she makes a bunch of stuff. She's made a Venom, she's made Modok, um, and oh, she right. sells them too. So if you like what you see, you should look them yeah, up. We may see something pop up here on the on the bookshelf in the future. So uh, <laughs> when you um. For Jangly Man, since there were like illustrations of, of that character beforehand, uh, do you go and uh, look at those? You know, before you play the character, does that yeah. have any influence? Um, well, I was a big fan of Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark as a book. I remember as a child, it was you could never find it in the library, and when you did, it was all ratty and dog-eared because every kid took it out. It was one of the most popular books, and I think the Jangly Man himself was a mishmash of two characters. There was the um, oh, darn, I'm forgetting what the, t- what the titles were. There was the What Do You Come For and the Mitai Doti Walker. There were two separate monsters. One is like the head that comes down the chimney and the other one is the dancing skeleton. And they kind of put them together and came up with Jangly Men. And we did, uh, I think, yeah, Guillermo del Toro and I and uh, Andre, um, we all looked at the illustrations and we, we came up with this. <laughs> the Jangly Man here. And I'm happy with how it came out. Yeah. It was a fun one to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, how about uh, Guillermo the tour himself, since uh, I guess he was hands-on and actually designing the monsters? Um, I think it was... I know I worked with Mike Hill from Spectral Motion. He painted and designed all the monsters. I'm, I'm not quite sure who had who did what in terms of designing, but yeah. um, everything they did, all the practical monsters they made were just awesome. The Pale Lady, a particular favorite of mine, um... The uh, Herald the Scarecrow, uh, they were just so well done. I'm so glad that they put the effort in to make it, to keep it the way in our minds, the same it was when you read the books, because the book's illustrations were terrifying. So I'm glad that they uh, kept that to heart when they were designing the monsters for the film. Yeah. Uh, it was interesting when we had the when we had the filmmakers on from anything for Jackson and Trister brought up your scene as being uh, something that really af- affected her, and uh, they went and told <laughs> a long story how like they originally wanted you and then like it, you weren't available. Then it worked out that you were. And so, what what are your memories of, uh, yeah. of getting anything for Jackson? Uh, okay, so I remember when I first got onto anything for Jackson. I, I wasn't aware that it was a, a movie. I thought it was going to be a, a, series, a TV series at the, at the time. I, I don't know why. I should, I, should have, I should have known. But I got there and everyone was so nice. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be playing this, this ghost, this suffocating ghost. What am I going to do? And then they, they brought the scene and we got to flesh it out right then and there. And so we thought of all these ideas and we kind of threw everything in the kitchen sink at the scene. So we ended up with like a big 10 minute scene that we had to pull back because we couldn't do everything. Um, but it was a lot of fun. And I don't think um, Becker, Constantina, 
knew, or maybe she did, that I did everything that I did because, or she's just the best actress ever because the way she was screaming, I thought, oh no, I'm really frightening <laughs> people, which I've done sometimes where oh, really? they don't tell the other actor or actress that I, I in, this, in the script it says, you know, um, Troy moves towards actor A, actor B, but they don't write, you know, crawls upside down really fast. <laughs> so sometimes the first take is a wash because they scream or they run away. But um, you know, this one, it was it was awesome. Everyone was so amazing. And um, funnily enough, I think I remember, uh, yeah, Justin and Keith, when they, they originally wanted me, years ago, I uh, told myself through undergrad, I worked at a theme park in Canada, Canada's Wonderland. And for Halloween, we dressed up as monsters and chased people around the park. And I think they saw me like, years and years ago, and they must have kept that in mind because when they wrote the script, and then they got me. They said, this is exactly what we wanted. And you're the guy I remember from years ago. This is amazing. So I'm glad that the stars aligned and they all got to be in such a magical moment together. Yeah, that's wild. Yeah, they were very excited about it. And uh, and they mentioned, too, that they wanted to keep the whole scene in. But, uh, you know, just for a movie, they, you know, they couldn't keep the whole 10-minute mm-hmm. scene in. They also said that, like, the, the rest of the crew and the cast came to watch you perform that scene. It was like a big... Uh, I remember, yes, it was a small bedroom space, but there were a lot of people watching. It's fun. It was something different, something pretty terrifying. Actually, when I watched the film myself, even though I I was a suffocating ghost, when it happened on screen, I wasn't prepared. <laughs> so I actually spooked myself for a split <laughs> second when it popped up. The jump scare actually got me, and I'm very embarrassed <laughs> that I scared myself. I love it. Uh, what did you think of the finished movie? Because uh, both Tristan and I loved uh, anything for Jackson. Oh, I I loved it. Uh, uh, my goodness. Um, uh, now I'm tricking over my words because I want to say everything at once, but it's just a movie unlike I've seen before. Like you don't see reverse exorcism in movies. At some points it's like a black comedy. It's very funny. And at other times it's terrifying and it all works. I love how original it is. Um, oh, I now I'm going to just be saying good things about it forever. I'll try to pair myself back. But um, Sheila and Julian were just phenomenal. They were, they carried it. And Constantina too, it's Becker. Amazing. I had a great experience. Uh, Tristan, you have a question? I do. Yeah. So obviously you have a very unique and amazing talent, but I'm wondering and I assume many, many talents because I've seen uh, uh, a, a lot of your work um, and it's all very varied and you have a huge range. Uh, but I'm wondering if you're able to give any advice for people who uh, maybe aspire to a similar career. Hmm. I, I still feel new to this career myself, even though everything happened so quickly and I've done so much. I know that it's not a typical entryway into acting. I know, like, I remember when this first started, I asked all of my actor friends, okay, suddenly I'm an actor. What do I do? What's an audition? What's a demo reel? How do I, how do, I do this? What's happening? And even now, it's kind of like, for me to give advice, I almost feel like I'm still very much learning the same way everyone else is. Um, one thing I guess I would say, though, is to really just put yourself out there. I, I, I had to put myself out there because it just happened. It, I didn't have a choice. Um, a video got put out, so I had no choice but to follow along. Um, but 
I guess when you think, you know, you might think, you might wonder if you're good, or, good enough or if you have something different that people would like to see. I'm constantly surprised at how many people like and appreciate, like I'm humbled by how many people appreciate what I'm doing because to me, being flexible has come naturally to me all my life. So I never thought much of it until other people started saying, wow. And then throwing heaps and heaps of external validation at me, <laughs> which was needed. Um, but no, really, if you, if it's something that you would like to do, I would say to go out and give it your best shot. I ended up leaving a job I went to school for, got a degree for, and suddenly made a crazy career shift and it's been working out for me. So um, give it a shot, I guess is what I would try to say to people. What were you uh, thinking of doing before uh, this came about? Um, oh, I was very happy, quietly working in human resources, what? answering emails and um, training, <laughs> training other people. And I thought, this is going to be my life for the next 30 years and I'm going to retire. Like, I just got the job. I had my degree. I thought, now I'm officially an adult. Yes, this is, this is what life is. And then all of a sudden it changed. <laughs> and I thought to myself, oh, no. I'm, I'm not like 21 anymore. Like when I, cause I went to Los Angeles and everyone is young and beautiful. <laughs> and I thought, what the heck am I doing here? They're going to figure out that uh, I'm <laughs> a human resources coordinator from Toronto, <laughs> making my way into the acting world. Um, but no, I, I went with it and I've been learning all along and improving and I must be doing something right because I'm still doing it. Right. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, definitely. Uh, I hope I answered one. your question. I think I kind of trailed away there. No, I think yeah, I totally did. Um, another movie that um, it's really been popular uh, uh, this last well, last year, I guess, is uh, Black Box. Uh, if you had any uh, memories of working, mm. on Black Box was very much fun. It was our first time we we shot it in New Orleans, and I'd never been to New Orleans before. Um, we, we, I got to work with. Mamadou, Mamadou Asli. He was the, the main guy, Nolan. I didn't get to meet Felicia Rashad. I was really looking forward to it. But her scenes and my scenes all landed on different days and we weren't in the same scenes together. So uh, I was very sad. But um, everyone was just so, so talented. I actually felt a bit overwhelmed at just being thrown into this film with all of these amazingly talented people and then having to work alongside them equally because... Um, unlike all of my other roles, I wasn't so much a monster. I was the most human I'd ever been. I remember I got there, they gave me my costume and I looked around and I said, oh no, but you can still see my, my skin and my face and my, my body. Oh, okay. This is, this is the person. Um, they, they did go ahead afterwards and he was backwards and they did. I was wearing a few appliances on my hands and my nose and they even blurred up my face in the end. But it was still very different to see myself as a person wearing regular human clothes as opposed to a monster with tentacles and wings and claws. But it was uh, an enriching experience. Uh, the director, Emmanuel, was amazing. So talented, knew exactly what he wanted. It was, it was great. Um, on a movie like that, uh, when they do blur your face or like in the strain, there's some CG. Does that, how, how does that differ from a movie where it's uh, totally practical? Where I, it's still mostly practical, but there is, you know, some CG added. Mm -hmm. 
Um, I think I like it best when the CGI enhances as opposed to completely replaces. Um, the string was great. The string had a scene where I was a Strigoi, I was a mongrel vampire dog hybrid. And at one point I kill a person with like, this crazy tentacle that comes out of my mouth that sucks out their blood. And it's always strange to me on set because you have the green screen and you have to kind of act out what the tentacle is doing and you don't know what it's going to look like until afterwards but it's fun and when it works combined with what you're doing it it's the best because you can't quite tell what's real and what's fake i know um uh, i play ragdoll in the flash and there are some times where they just touch a few things up with cg just to make things even that much creepier like his head turns all the way around at times which i can't do as flexible as i am and oh it's it's it adds the perfect creepy factor on top of what's already creepy physical performance. Uh, do you have any favorite monsters that you haven't played? Besides Candyman. Well, I have like iconic ones, but I, I, I was looking for ones that weren't so popular because everyone says the popular ones, but like, I remember just seeing uh, Hellraiser for the first time, never seeing Pinhead, like, what the heck? As a kid, you're like, he's got pins coming out of his head. He's terrifying. What is this? Um, I have a few favorites. Like, um, I really, really liked the autopsy of Jane Doe, even though it was like very minimal. It was amazing. So getting to work with Andre um, for Scary Stories as a director, oh, what an honor, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it Follows got under my skin just because... I, I don't know what it was, but just the, the notion of something walking after you that you can escape from that will get you no matter what you do, if you stay still, just unsettled me. <laughs> I remember going to sleep and just thinking like, oh, I'm, un- I'm uncomfortable the night after I watched it. Um, Cabin in the Woods, I know a lot of people say it's an homage to their favorite horror films. I just liked it for what it was. Yeah. Not having seen all of the films it was based off of, yeah. but it was just a really fun movie to watch. Um, I wish I had more particular favorites, but I guess I am pretty mainstream. That's interesting though about Cabin in the Woods because, you know, I talk to a lot of uh, people that are horror fans so that they know all this stuff and to have a perspective from somebody who does, who's not, maybe not familiar with all the movies and gets all the little in jokes uh, and you still enjoyed it. So that, that's interesting. Yeah. With, with that, that speaks uh, highly of the movie. So. Uh, do you have another question, Trista? Yeah. I do, yeah. Troy, I have to tell you, so when I watched The Black Box, I knew it must be you. And my roommate and I immediately went to IMDb <laughs> to see if it was you because uh, I, we had seen your work in anything for Jackson, and we just knew nobody else could do that. So <laughs> we're huge, huge fans <laughs> of your work. Um, I'd love to know. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. And we're, this interview was highly anticipated and we are not at all disappointed. So thank you so much. Um, Can you tell us, maybe do you have anything upcoming next where we can see more of your work? Mm -hmm. It's always, okay. I have to think of what I can say and what I can't say. Because NDAs are, um, Hmm, hmm, hmm. Okay, the latest one I just finished, I think it's safe to say I have a role in because they've announced all the other actors. Uh, but 
Guillermo del Toro has a movie coming out. It's called Nightmare Alley. Um, and it's got a bunch of big names in it. And I get to play a little role in it myself. So um, I probably can't tell you what I do or where it is. But uh, <laughs> if you do watch Guillermo del Toro's next feature film, you'll see me. Well, and you'll recognize me too because I'm not. It's yeah. <laughs> very exciting, yes. You know, I did want to mention uh, our third co-host. Uh, he couldn't be here today, but his name is also Troy, my brother. So uh, he's a fan. I saw that. Troy Jones. And at first, I thought, yeah. is that a typo? Is that is that Troy Jones? On oh, the show? right. Is that me? Is it, no, yeah. it's Troy. Well. <laughs> Yeah, I had to catch myself a couple times from writing uh, or tagging my brother or writing my brother's name. <laughs> Maybe I'll start calling him <laughs> Troy James. <I> <laughs> <laughs> uh, you mentioned uh, your uh, Instagram. Yeah, you mentioned your Instagram. Where can people follow you to see uh, to see your cool stuff and see what you're up to? Ah, yes, I am Twisty Troy on Instagram. Pretty simple and easy to remember. Uh, and you fit in with all this. Probably should have made something cooler, but at the time, was... Krista, terrible Troy, and, twi- and Twisty. Oh! <laughs> awesome! I like it. We're a terrible, terrible gang. Yes, right. I like to be part of the group. Yes. You're part of the without your head family now. Yes, thank you. Yeah. I'm happy to be a part of it. Very cool. This has been great. It was really nice to talk with you. Mm-hmm. It was a pleasure talking to you too. And it wasn't that awful. I was I was See, expecting the worst. I was got expecting through that it. I was completely <laughs> yeah. Yes. That's I'll, a great uh, tagline for us. Without your head, not that awful. <laughs> I agree. That's an excellent. <laughs> no, no, I didn't mean it like that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Very cool. All right. Uh, yeah, it would be cool to talk again sometime. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you very much for having me. It was a pleasure. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm Jim Ojula, writer, director, creature, creator of the eco-horror film Strange Nature. And you are watching Without Your Head. From ancient terrors to the search for modern-day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. We should have listened. The tomb of Nick Cage. Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. They're coming!